Welcome back to Country and Coke Hands. I'm Logan sitting here with Trucker, Andy, and Kyle. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Click the subscribe button, share it with your friends, and stream the hell out of it. Uh, check out the website, countryandcokehands.com. We have blog content and a shop with hats, koozies, t-shirts, what have you, all available on countryandcokehands.com slash shop. And while you're at it, leave us a voicemail and a comment. Um, go to speakpipe.com slash cold cans. If you look in the description of anywhere, anywhere where you get this podcast, it'll be in there. It'll say click here, leave a voicemail, click, uh, press play, uh, record, record your, your speak your piece, click send. We'll get it. We'll play it on the podcast. If it is, you know, not the worst thing we've ever heard, but either way, leave us a voicemail. All right, fellas, we, uh, this national championship game is turning into a bloodbath. So let's turn our music, um, our mind to music for a little bit. We got a brand new announcement on Instagram today that Friday there's going to be dropping a Co Wetzel, Kodak Black, and Diplo collab. That's a that's an interesting group. I put it this way: if you would have told me two years ago who is more likely to do a Diplo collab, Morgan Wallen or Co Wetzel. I would have 100% took Coetzel. Morgan beat him to it on that. Yeah, Mor- yeah that's what I was, that, that was. Yes, thank you, Logan. <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Logan, yes. Uh, but Co is the least surprising person to do this. I mean, the yeah, dude parties s- are rock stars. He, he is a rock star. I should have known this was coming because I remember seeing on social media that the three of them were like hanging out on a boat on the lake recently. So I should have known that something was in the works. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by this in the slightest. Um, Is it going to be probably pretty banging? Probably so. Oh, yeah, more than likely. Yeah. I just want to hear Coe spit a a sweet bar. I mean, just just drop like two or three hot-ass verses. That would be pretty fun to, to see. I find it funny that this is coming uh, right on the heels of his announced like uh, next project being a country record too, and he's like, yeah. you know what we did? We did the rock era, uh, but before we get to the country album, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some shit with uh, Diplo and Kodak Black. I mean, it's just quintessential Kodak. He just doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> I mean, what is Diplo? He's um. God, what was that song you did with Morgan Wallen? Morgan Wallen. He did Heartless. Heartless? Yeah, I know Heart, that. Heartless. That's the extent of that's everything true. I, I take, know. I take that back. Lil Dirk was the guy he did Broadway Girls with. It was, yeah, he was yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Lil Dirk. My apologies, yeah. Lil Dirk. Diplo is a producer and a DJ, <laughs> I think, Andy, or some, something like that. He's kind of into all that. Um, I don't even know how to print, how to necessarily EDM. robot noises yeah, yeah 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 the computer music yeah he did he's gonna make music for white women is what co's doing probably i don't know why women white women especially white women love just the house DJ, music as yeah, they call DJ, it yeah dj house music just, isn't that what all those big booty mixes that these girls yes, keep talking about no I, don't be passive aggressive you're exclusively singling out bailey 
Look, I, got, right, I mean, I, she's not the only one. I, I see a bunch of girls on Barstool videos talking about big booty mixes. I thought right. it was just somebody's playlist. So there are playlists, but I got so I, I hit my limit. Uh, Friday, I was listening to to music. Um, I think you had sent, actually sent this to me, and I was listening to it while I was working. Um, and all of a sudden, on my little speaker, I have at jobs just some ludicrous and some beats came on and I got so effing mad. All right. Do any of y'all, have you ever shared a Spotify account? No. All right. Nope. Well, okay. So it's who, who are Andy and I going to share a Spotify with? Well, you know, I didn't know if you, <laughs> but anyway, I had the single thing, but in the bottom of your screen, um, it's not showing up on there. Um, it, you know, if you like play to your computer or whatever on your iPhone, it shows you what you're playing on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if me and Bailey are using it, she can open Spotify and it'll say it playing on Kyle's iPhone. And if she's on it, it says playing on Bailey's iPhone. She claims it never says that. But I <laughs> I never believe her because magically I always see it and she never sees it. But I'll be in the middle of listening to an album or listening to a podcast and all of a sudden it's just some trash ass big booty mixes and I get so infuriated not only because I'm deeply embarrassed that whatever the shit is is playing anyway I, I lost my cool and I said you know what fuck it I'm, I'm buying Spotify Duo <laughs> I am tired of this shit I am just absolutely tired of it I lost my cool she was like I'll never no. see it and I was like bullshit you don't see it I always see it when you're on there and I am respectful that I was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I was see, I, mixes. <laughs> I, will, I see that you are listening to something, and I would just download my music passively in the background, and I would tell you, I got I'm gonna go offline. Text you yeah. every time, and you never do it. You're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. And what pisses my me more is I pay for the fucking Spotify, right? And you have no respect. Fuck well, it. The thing, the thing about it, like, is if you, I saw a video uh, Tommy Smokes from Barstool was doing. Right outside of a big booty mix concert, apparently those big booty mix dudes have concerts, oh and my God. which I don't understand. <clears throat> apparently, I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about them outside of they're really popular. Um, with, with white women. mixes, yeah. But but these these folks that like love the big booty mixes, they know which song which mixes they like. Like they can. Yes, they, Bailey knows which and, one she likes. It's like yeah, like and they're they're literally all likes. labeled Big Booty Mix One, Big Booty Mix Seventeen, Big yes. Booty Mix Eighteen. How do you keep that straight? Yes, and they're labeled as podcast, which is what? why I didn't. Yes, their podcast, which is That's why cheating I, the system, bro. Yes, which is why I never sent you my Spotify rep podcast list because it was so, Big Booty Mix. Yeah, I was so deeply embarrassed. You know, I was like, you know what? Yeah. You know but, what we should do? Because now that uh we're working with Anchor with this, you know, we, we have the ability to put full length songs on only on um but it'll only play on Spotify. It won't like distribute out to our other platforms. We should like make her do like just to lampoon it, but put songs we like, put shit kicking mix. <laughs> Bailey just texted me. Are you trash talking big booty mixes? Hell yeah. <laughs> 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 that's what, but we should we should do shit kicking mix and just put our own uh songs we like on there if that's how you game the system for numbers and everybody's up playing all that crap what would what would country and coke catchy name be shit kicking mix 
I thought that was pretty good. Ooh, that was pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Kyle wasn't listening for the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Sorry, I was texting Bailey. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to uh, aggregate <laughs> shit kicking mix volume one uh, out there just for everybody to listen to. <laughs> Send it to Bailey and be like, you know, this is the better alternative to big booty mix, whatever. Uh, that, yeah, the big booty mix is just finally struck a chord with me where I was like, you know, just F this. I'll pay the two extra dollars where I don't have to listen to this anymore. The fact that it took that long for you to pay the extra $2 to be able to have your own Spotify. I am extremely cheap. I mean, to a fault. <laughs> well, when I first got Spotify Premium, there was no such thing as duos. I'm, I'm like a going on a 10 plus year Spotify Premium subscription, you know. I've had it yeah. since like almost day one. Thing is, though, you can do like the family plan for like 15 bucks and have five people on it. Yes. I'm also de- living with the most technologically incompetent person in the world, Bailey. She did not know how to do it. I said, make an account and use this link. And you have your own Spotify account. And it took two days for her to finally make the link, make her own account. She just, I don't know how to do that. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> It took everything. She wanted, to she wanted you to set it up for her, log her in on her phone, I was and to, then you just do it. I was having to do meditation. <laughs> just calm down, breathe. So, breathe. did for you to calm down, did you listen to Big Booty Mix 16 or Big Booty <laughs> Mix 18? No, she likes 13 and 7. It's bad that I know that. <laughs> so, feel 7 and 11. I could remember that. That's my birthday, Attaboy Andy. <laughs> it's a gas station. Yeah, we get free Slurpees on my on my, my birthday if you go to Seven Eleven. Were you born in a gas station? I could. I was not born there, but I could have been conceived there. I don't know. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, my, my mother was conceived in a drive-in movie. I'm sure your mom probably loves that you shared that on <laughs> the podcast. It's a funny story of my fr- my family. <laughs> now the now the internet knows. It was at a it, hey, it was at a Clint Eastwood uh Dirty Harry movie, I think. I think it was Dirty Harry, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been fifty years. No, excuse me, twenty nine years, wink wink mom. She, she, my grandma has no shame. <laughs> well, that's the co wets on news, plus the big booty mix rundown, plus you know, Kyle's personal story he, he shared on Country Girl Dance. I think it's funny. Yeah, was it look, it is funny, but <laughs> either way. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> moving on to uh so Hardy, he said so WWE Raw was in Nashville, I believe it was the other week, and we saw the clip on Twitter um that Hardy kind of like was a part of the show because you know they've been using his song Sold Out as like the official song of I can't remember if it was Raw or one of the pay-per-views they were doing or whatever, but his song was getting used. So he was at the show and they let him be a part of the show where he hopped the guardrail, went into the ring and took a, a guitar and with lots of shades of Jeff Jarrett back in the day, hit Solo Sokoa, a member of the bloodline across the back with the with the guitar. You know, I ain't gonna lie, he he probably was hype as shit to do that because what redneck from the South wouldn't love to be able to hit somebody over the head with a guitar in a WWE ring. Pretty badass in my view. So the first thing I thought about when I saw this was one, that's awesome. Hardy is a cultured individual, obviously. Um, 
because you know wrestling is a cultured sport. Um, the one, my only critique of this was the announcer Jerry Lawler would have not missed that opportunity. Jim Ross. When did Jim Ross? What's the other guy's name? When you're, you're thinking it. Your Lawler was his broadcast partner. You're thinking a good old Jr. though, Jim Ross. Oh, okay. My apologies for the WWE uh, stands. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I am. I, I am becoming cultured thanks to you and Carter. I'm slowly getting there. Um, he would have not have missed the opportunity. The announcing, the announcement, or announcing was subpar. If I do say so myself, and they would have not missed that opportunity to just come up with an awesome catchphrase for just busting that guitar on a dude's back. Yeah, Jim Ross is definitely the best commentator of all time, in my view. I think he would have definitely had a better call. I'm with you on that 100%. Carter yeah. actually was the one that tagged me in it at, um, uh, for the main for this podcast Twitter, at Colcans Country. Follow us there. But Carter has his wrestling Twitter associated with Colcans Network. Colcans Wrestling. That's W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Colcans Wrestling. Follow Carter there if you're into pro wrestling. But, the correct um, spelling, by the way. Yeah. So uh, that's true. Down here, it's not wrestling; it's wrestling. But uh, but yeah, I saw that, and I was just like, all my my inner thirteen uh, year old in me jumped up and was like, "Hell yeah, Hardy!" Oh, by God, because like funny story is that I actually as a kid tried to wake my dad up, um, and I've always been a Jeff Jarrett fan, right? That was like his signature thing, hitting people over the head with the guitar. Tried to wake my dad up to go like to the baseball field or something. He told me, and he wouldn't wake up. I was probably like five or six years old. He was taking a nap on the couch, and I went and got my little child uh, guitar and hit my dad over the head on the couch when he was sleeping. So, I, I, needless to say, I can relate to the urge to want to hit somebody with a guitar. Was I was surprised at how slow he got out of the ring. Oh, Even though it's fake, I still probably would have been kind of scared and like, I need to get the hell out of here. Dude, that solo Sokoa dude's a big dude. I wouldn't be Jimmy jacking around with that cat. I wouldn't but, be slowly sliding under the rope. I'd be out of that biatch. Well, I had a well, yeah. I mean, he did that, but he also when what's his name? Something Sinaloa. What? Uh, solo Sokoa. Sokoa. Excuse me, I said Sinaloa the cartel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he went looking for him, and Hardy was nowhere nowhere to be found. I was like, ah, you know. It would have been hilarious if like Hardy was just like up in the stands in the press suite and they just flashed to him and he's like, What are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. It was missing some showmanship, but that's WWE for you. But Yeah, it is. It ain't like it used to be in the old days and Stone Cold was cracking beers, but either way it was uh cool was to see awesome. Hardy involved. Yeah. Awesome to see. Yeah. I know he's not formally trained, which is why they probably got him out of the ring. But it would have been pretty badass to just watch Which him. which uh this might be a bad question to ask, but fuck it. Which musical artist would you most want to hit over the back with a guitar like that? Uh, yeah. What's the guy that sings bad. the Apple? What's the what's the guy that sings the Applebee song? Oh, Walker Hayes. Yeah, I would like to hit him genuinely with like a steel guitar. A steel guitar, not even an acoustic guitar. <laughs> no, a steel guitar. Yeah. Jeez, Kyle. That hurt. Man, that that man does have a family. <laughs> that's just that's just the consequences, you know. Yeah, yeah. A uh, girl or you girl? What was the song I picked? It was so terrible. You girl or something? Yeah, you. It, yeah, it was you. That's uh, the letter U. Girl, G U R L. That song alone is worth like hitting someone 
probably with a vehicle, but I would <laughs> stick to uh Shades of Rikishi for the wrestling fans out there. Yeah, I would probably stick to uh a steel guitar. <laughs> Andrew. Andy. Um and you know your name's was spelt in the Zoom. <laughs> I know. He said it was good enough. <laughs> I even spoke your own name. Own name. <laughs> it's a new tablet. I was in the middle of something and it asked me for my name and I wasn't ready. Uh, you even spoke your own name. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you dumbass. Trying to come up with an answer I can say on the air. I think. I think Andy is now going to say he'd rather hit Kyle over the head with a guitar. <laughs> and Drew. Um, oh, I'm just going to say what I want. Preachy Jason Isbell. That's a good one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't like when he gets preachy, but he is still a, one of the best songwriters in music. Um, I don't like when anybody gets preachy. I don't like when anybody gets preachy either. I don't care if you're left, right, center, or if you're part of the damn Green Party. Uh, it don't matter to me. I, I don't like anybody preaching to me. Well, let us know in the uh, in the comments or hey, Logan, the voicemail who you function. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really have somebody that I want to like. You got to hit somebody. You got to hit somebody. WWE style, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a gimmick guitar. Yeah. Stuff because I don't really have anybody that I really want to hit. Um, I tell you who I'd hit. That, that, yeah, hit that, that clown, that clown up church. What's his name? Ryan up church. Yeah, yeah. Right. The the one that Carter was. Yeah, it was like was making fun of at your house that day. Yeah, we yeah, just pulls I, out a gun. His, <laughs> yeah, his, his music is terrible. Um, he you would think he's got enough subscriber to fix his fucking teeth at this point, but. He makes music for QAnon, let's just face it. He does. He makes music for QAnon. Crazy, like, people that think that we're all reptiles or shape-shifting reptiles or whatever. Make whatever it a frog's gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's zero doubt that he probably has a uh, Alex Jones subscription. But <laughs> InfoWars. <laughs> I'm making the frogs gay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to do it. It was just there for the taking. Yeah, but either way, I, I have not heard a song of his that I think is worth the shit. So if we're, if that's the barometer, I think, that, yeah, it's Ryan Upchurch. Mm, good, good call. Uh, we'll, we'll let our less WWE violent side go. We got some new albums that have been announced. Um, first, uh, I mean, he's arguably the biggest name in country music right now. Luke Combs had just released a new um uh, press release the other day saying he's got a new album coming out. I think it's going to be 18 tracks. So Andy, you're right. We are in the era of long albums. This just shy of being a double album. Uh, like it had been the <clears throat> the trend over the last couple of years, but Luke Holmes has a new one coming out. Chase Rice actually has a, a new one coming out. I'm very actually interested in this Chase Rice project. Um, the stuff he's, and I've been, you know, bait and switch so many times by mainstream artists before, but I actually, I've heard a cu- two of the three songs released from this project have been pretty good. I like Key West and Colorado a lot. <clears throat> was it Way Down Yonder or whatever? Or I, I'm not a big fan of that one. But the one that was released, <coughs> excuse me, this past mm. Friday, I Hate Cowboys. That one is a pretty good song, too. That was a hardy co-write. I don't like the start um, of the chorus. I don't remember that guy sounding like Warren Zeters. 
And you might want to go back. And, I don't think he sounds like Warren Zeters. Like at the beginning of the chorus, how he gets like that real, like, like he gets raspier for him. I don't remember him sounding like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. You don't have to like everything I like. <laughs> but, the free country, man. But uh, I, I like the song. <laughs> and um, the song's fine. I think, yeah. I, so I'm interested to hear the rest of that project. Hopefully, these aren't two of the good songs that he's released early on to hook people like me in and then bait and switch because uh, I've liked what I've heard so far. Uh, Ernest has uh, said he's releasing coming up in like 30 some days now. Uh, if, it's. Two Dozen Roses, The Flower Shops Part 2, or whatever. It's going to be a whole new album of new songs. Looking forward to that project a lot. The one, uh, Flower Shops, the album was good last year. With Andy, it made your top five favorite records of the year. It did. And then we had another one from Muscadine Bloodline. We covered uh, one of their singles last week, Made Her That Way. Uh, so we won't go too far into detail on that one this week, just because, you know, if you want to hear our takes on that, listen to last week's episode. But they do have a announced of a new record um 16 tracks long and some of the co-writers on it i find pretty interesting like uh you've got an adam hood co-write um who just released a fantastic record last year was we had him on the show talking about that and then there are two songs that he they co-wrote with bj barham so uh of american aquarium so i think this is going to be an interesting uh project for sure because we've heard i think five songs from it so far we're going to do a little preview of the uh, three of them that were kind of being packaged together as as like a mini EP on Spotify right now. But we talked about Major that way last week. <clears throat> so let's uh, turn our focus to to uh, me on you and Teenage Dixie. Well, um, can, I, can I back up for a yeah, second? Yeah. You know, Andy said we're in the age of long albums. Would you prefer getting 18 to 22 songs every day two to three years or 12 songs. Let's say you get 18 to 22 every three to four years versus 12 songs every other year. Which would you prefer? 12. My answer depends on the quality of the song. I'm a believer that you don't have to have a ton of songs. Like I'm okay with eight to nine song albums. If it's all killer, no filler. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think that might be, in the history books, but because every, you know, every album in recent uh, history has had at least one kind of filler song. Yeah. Or an intro and an outro, which I don't really count, but they do on the album. But Right. I was just always curious, you know, because if it's taking three to four years to get an 18 track album, why not just do an EP and than a 12 track album. I think have, we will go back to standard length albums. But you mean, yeah, I, I would like that because that way you're getting something at least every year. I don't see this rate of double, triple albums being sustainable. People are going to run out of shit to say. Well, you say that, but we did set the line for Zach Bryan at 27 and a half. True. Which is a, which is which is a high number, and I think everyone took the over except me. I think I, took I think the he's under. in an enigma, if that word means what I think it means. Yeah, I think you. Well, he's uh, cert- used it right that time. Yeah, he's certainly he's certainly different than your average bear, but well, of course he is he's human. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a turn. That was like a. I don't know. It was like a saying, I guess. I don't even know the word for it. Um, but you put me on the spot, Andy. Thanks. Um, I don't really know what that's called. But not everybody's Zach Bryan. And, you know, Zach Bryan can be um, taxing to listen to, especially the first time. Yeah, I mean, it was 34 songs on one album. It was definitely a commitment. That's why I always told people who I was trying to get them to listen to Zach Bryan, in particular um, American Heartbreak. But I was like, <clears throat> it's a commitment to listen to. It's not going to be one of those things you just put on in the background and it's, you know, fluff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think Luke Holmes has a special place where he's just, I don't want to call it mindless songs, but it's just. He does a good job just, of making simple country songs that are straight down the middle country that are easy to listen to. Yeah, exactly. And no matter the situation, you're down to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. His music like you, fits everywhere. A pool party, a tailgate, a bonfire. Man, it just works everywhere. Oh, yeah. Dirt roads. Dirt roads, yep, flying down a dirt road. Yeah. Psych Brian, I don't want to say this, but it doesn't work everywhere. Yeah, it depends on the person. If, yeah, if, I mean, us three would like it at a tailgate, but yeah, probably 40 to Honestly, 50% would not. The kids at the that are actually students would like it at a tailgate. The people our age are, are just stuck on the same shit they've always been listening to. But Zach Bryan is wildly popular with young people. Yeah, we're old hags now. Heavy, heavy Eyes is a good party song. Let's tell Gets oh, yeah. Dude, I think No Cure would be a, a killer party song. But that's Whiskey a topic for, topic for another day because we could probably name half the record. And that would take us 30 minutes of a podcast. But uh, let's sure. jump into the two Muscadine Bloodline songs that have been released as singles that are uh, listed on the track list. They've all been kind of packaged together under the title of Teenage Dixie um, in like a mini EP type format. First one is uh, Me On You. Uh, I'm going to, I'm purposely skipping over the chorus on this one and going right at the beginning because the beginning just freaking slaps. Girl, I hope your daddy doesn't own a gun. If he does, and I'm done from the things that you're doing to me. You run the coop and you rule the rules with a shake till you sugar they don't serve a Dairy Queen. Kyle, I know you said this was one that you uh, absolutely loved. Oh, give me that stank bait. Um, this song, God, is so damn good. Um, it's so. To be a studio recording is so stripped back. You don't, you can't really almost tell this studio recording. It's just perfection. This like screams '90s country to me, and <laughs> my favorite part of the song is the very beginning. You know, and he relates it to little small town things like the Dairy Queen and that stank bait, which you can't fake. Um, no one calls it stink bait unless you're from the South as far as catching fish. Um, I love the up, up, up tempo of the song. This song is just perfection. I have absolutely zero critiques of it. All right. I just, I, I love this song. This is my kind of country music. 
there there's a my take is there's a lot to like about this song um i like i said i love the the first line i I love the the melody that they have and i I love that the fact that they went with a uh, acoustic guitar for for the picking uh it sounds like you said very reminiscent of like some upbeat 90s country uh that we had and i i do think this song is just a uh, uh what was that I, I was hanging out with some people the other night that said uh what was the phrase it was it's a hoot and a half so <laughs> this song is just a, a lot of fun to uh, to listen to i do think the song doesn't really cut it for me lyrically mm. uh, i think it's a little bit like um it, i mean which is it's fine because it's meant to be a fun song but it's it's not there isn't a whole lot there compared to some of their other stuff but it's still a fun song not every song needs to be you know the deepest song uh, in the world. So I don't really knock it for that. I like fun songs. They don't have to be telling a, a short story in three and a half minutes, but this song is a blast to listen to. Love yes. the way it sounds sonically. So I was total banger in my book. The song, I, I agree. The song sounds good. I really like the beginning, but after about first, second line, I could do without pretty much the majority of the rest of those groups of words. <laughs> it's the words. I after the the first two lines, I'm a little bit out on the words. You guys think this is gonna be a radio single? Because this is on every of the like three groupings. This is on every single one of them. I mean, they're in a tough spot with radio single because they're not on a label. Like they're independent, so there's not there's only gonna be so much uh, radio play coming for them. Because this is the one that's on all the like little EP deals for the singles. This is the one that's on all of them. I think this was the lead single. Yeah, yeah. it's got way. It's got a whole lot more plays on Spotify than the other two. Um, Like like their whole thing is like they do well with the streaming, but like they're. I don't think it's going to get any radio play. Well, Zach Bryan lead single is probably what I was going for. Yeah, Zach Bryan has has a deal with a major label. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I you know I sent that to you the other day. Not only was it on country radio, it was on small town country radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not even like 2.3. Yes, sir. <laughs> WPTM. Uh, but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wow. Yeah. I I'd, I'd heard him on QDR, which is a major metropolitan country station. But the local station, which is, I live in a small town, in case you didn't know. But when I heard that, I, it was something in the orange, but. Okay, I didn't know he was on a major label. Yeah, so like I, th- I believe he owns his music, but he has an exclusive license under I want to say it's Warner Music. So like he has okay. a big similar to what like Coetzo and Cody Johnson and them have done, where okay. they they own their music, but they have a licensing deal with a major. So that helps him out with like the promotion, and then also Zach Bryan's just so big, it's you can't really ignore him, especially when you've got the backing of a a major behind him. Sure. But but yeah, like Muscadine is a um like fully independent group and which is impressive. Their career has been as successful as they have. Like, you know, be I always like tip my cap to independent artists that, especially when they <clears throat> reach kind of like the level that they have. And the interesting thing about Muscadine Bloodline is if you listen to their early stuff, it's it, 2020. And they'll even tell you, this is like really the, the difference in their sound. They had a lot more of a, a poppy or a pop friendly sound early on. But they said in 2020, they decided they just wanted to make what they wanted to make instead of trying to chase popularity. And they had some good music in that, like, good pop country is what I used to call it, era they had. But since 2020, like, they've had some some downright country stuff. 
And um, I think it works for them. I lo- they're calling their their sound red clay country, uh, which I kind of like that. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a good example. You know, it's the lead single. Typically, what was it? The rule of thumb: if you're dealing with a, ma- um, they're not. But if you're dealing with a mainstream artist, <clears throat> the lead single is typically the worst song. <laughs> so, but I like this song. Mm, that's the worst one. Yeah. It's a bad uh, man. It's just a chef's kiss. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, next one up <clears throat> is Teenage Dixie. Saw this one on TikTok. Uh, the a couple days before it released. They played some clips of it, and I was like, I think I'm really going to like this song, and um, I can definitely say I do. This is the type of country rock that I absolutely love between the harmonica and then the country melody. Um, but at the same time, you got a little bit of a rock guitar mixed in with it. This is right up my alley, man. And then, like, I love the opening line to the, the uh, both the song and the chorus, but with the chorus where it's like, Godspeed to Teenage Dixie. Um, if you want her bad, get your ass to Birmingham. This song is interesting that it tells the story from a perspective of a peaked in high school kind of dude who you know was the star he was the cool kid was the quarterback but you know what after he graduated high school he didn't move on everybody else did his pretty little girlfriend that was the homecoming queen she's moved on down to uh to birmingham she their people are going to college they're moving on with their lives and that high school championship that he led them to is only good for a couple pbrs what the hell is all that actually worth in the long run um, I, I find it interesting coming from the perspective of the, the peaked in high school kid going through it himself and re- having the realization as opposed to someone coming back and seeing and, and like narrating what those people are doing. I, I love this song. Fantastic song. Andy. Yeah, I really like this song. I basically for everything you said, I like the, what you said about the PBR saying she called it then. And, and here I am. I like what is teenage Dixie? Uh, he's just talking about like uh, the teenage, the glory years, the teenage years in Dixie being the South. Okay. So t- yeah. being a teenager in the South. Yeah. Being yeah. a teenager in Dixie. Okay. I'll follow you now. That, that was my take on it. I, I, that makes uh, probably the most sense. And uh, what is, do you guys know why he said to get your ass to Birmingham other than that's where she went? That's what I took away from it. That, that's where she's at. Yeah, that's just. What I, I would have just thought too. that because the whole time I was thinking, I just was thinking, I feel like this guy would have like listed a college town or something. But that's fair. Yeah. Well, like Tuscaloosa there, or UAB's in UAB's there in Birmingham. I don't. I've never heard of that. Yeah, but I mean, it's harder to they're, fit Tuscaloosa in that. Uh, that um, like the syllables Tuscaloosa in for like Birmingham and also rhyming patterns. Some of it is not so yeah. much the deeper facts, aspects. Man, it's what works. Facts, man. Facts. <laughs> yeah, Auburn and Tuscaloosa don't really work. Those are the two big college towns in Alabama. Facts matter, man. Andy I mean, sometimes yeah. Andy sometimes doesn't like that people pick certain words <laughs> because of rhyming patterns rather than the geography as a truck driver that offends him. <laughs> well, maybe there's like a super prestigious liberal arts college in, in Birmingham that we just don't know about. Huh, Andy? Huh? 
It's like, like anybody cares about that. Or if we're actually, like, if we're actually being like, real here, if we're being real here and we're talking about small town, small Southern towns and girls, what are the two more po- most popular, like at least based on our hometown, two most popular majors that girls went to school for when they went to college? Nursing. That's one. All right. Nursing and teaching. Oh teaching. Yeah, that's teaching. The other. Yeah. Yeah. We need both of them. You know, I'm not mad at you girls. Do your thing. No, but like in small towns, though, like that is like a very popular choice. So, I mean, because you can come back and do it. You can come back and do it always. Exactly. You can live almost anywhere and be a teacher or a nurse. It's a smart career path, but. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. This song's great, man. Um, <laughs> as you implied, the Peakton High School version, you don't ever hear that. You mainly hear like the downtrodden loser. Um, aspect where he goes home for something and normally that peaked in high school kid is a is a winner he's doing big things and the downtrodden loser that hates his hometown is like not doing anything or he's a you know he's a member of a band or something kind of a tired view of that small town yeah yeah like you come and home for your for your uh, high school reunion, and the, the jocks are still the jocks, and and now they're yeah. selling insurance, and they're super successful, and they're still giving you swirlies at forty years old. That's right. But, yeah, uh, I mean, Bowling, Bowling for Soup made a song about that. High school never yeah. is, but um, yeah, it's interesting and it's really creative and new that he made a song, being the jock and the super successful kid in high school that, like you said, just peaked, and he and doesn't really suddenly, know it. Doesn't know what to and, do. And like he's not it's not like he's a complete, you know, he's, loser. He's, fuck up. he's 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 got four tens down at the DuPont. So I mean there's that. But I mean, DuPont pays the, well the girl, right now. <laughs> yeah, the but the girl that he wants, the girl that he thought they were gonna be, you know, homecoming king and queen forever. Yeah, you know, it says in the chorus, she don't give a damn about him. It's not the Carrie Underwood song anymore. No. <laughs> All American girl. Um it didn't quite work out, which I love. In a way, it's a kind of a sad song with an upbeat tempo, which yeah. I'm, yeah, which I, you know, I'm, I'm all about. Sad songs make me happy. Not really. It's not terribly sad. You know, it's not a she's all right, for example. But. Oh yeah, I would say it's not a, necessarily a sad song, but I see what you're saying. What would it be? I agree with it's what you're saying. Me- melancholy. But what would it be? Melancholy. Yeah, there's, there's a melancholy tone to it because it has life didn't work out the way it wanted to, but really it's just life hitting you in the face. It's more like realistic. Yeah. You know, you know, people are often like, Are you an optimist or a pessimist? No, I'm realistic. Exactly. And you know, he's just dealing with the reality as it is. I would now, say it's a realistic song, not not, it's not very a sad, realistic. Not a sad song or a happy song. Because we all know people from our hometown that peaked in high school and they were the coolest kid and they were the star quarterback. And, and you know, they they don't always go on to do other things with their lives. And the things right. they do do, you don't really want to really be hanging your hat on. That's right. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it's the way the world spins. Yep. Now, uh, let's all go around the room. And so far, the three we've heard ranking starting at three to one uh, between me on you, Teenage Dixie, and made her that way. Uh, kick it off with Kyle. Started three, so, go to one. So last week on our uh, six pack six pack roundup, uh, made her that way. It was actually my favorite song or second favorite song. I think might have been second. I think it was second. Um, 
it is the third in this little small EP that they've released. Um, number one is Me On You. I just love that song. But in a close second is Teenage Dixie. It's not. It's hard to find any real fault with Teenage Dixie. I just can't do it. Um, I just like the not very deep, fun-ass song that Me On You is. And you don't see that a lot anymore. Um, the ones, the the fun songs that you see now are all the same tired ass tropes. Yeah, it's Russell Dickerson. Yeah, and you're just like, oh god, just just go ahead and take me out back, the old yeller, and shoot me. Um, <laughs> Hit me in the head with a guitar. Yeah, yeah. Hardy Hardy needs a name for that. That's what we need classic rock harder for. He needed to come. We need a name for that move. But yeah, I mean, it's just. Me on you, I have, I cannot find fault with that. It's exactly what I want. But Teenage Dixie, you're not going to get any criticism from me, and I am very excited for what this album is because I, I'm not, I, I'm fairly new to Muscadine. I've listened to a few of their songs that you sent me in the past, but I'm not, I haven't been as invested as you guys have. So I'm pretty right, new myself. Yeah, and I'm really I'm the one that's probably heard them the most because I remember it was actually our boy Chase that uh, introduced me to him back in college. But oh, Andy started three, go to one. Uh, me on you is definitely number three, and it gets a lot tougher from there. I like the sound Teenage Dixie better, but I like the words of Mater Mater that way probably a little bit better. So that's a tough one. I'm going to go with Mater that way in number two and give me Dixie for number one. Surprise, surprise me, and you were pretty similar on that. I'm going to take the opposite just because it was a crapshoot, and I don't want to have the exact same list as you. That was literally my plan if you went before me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Me on you, uh, fun song, but definitely third best in my view of, of these three. Uh, so that means that Teenage Dixie, as much as I love that song, I'm going to put it at number two. And then last week uh, was my number one song on the six pack song roundup we did um, is Made Her That Way. Fantastic song. Um, love the songwriting there. Love the sound of that song. So that's going to be number one of these three that we've covered by Muscadine Bloodline. Uh, new album coming out soon. 16 tracks with some very interesting co-writers uh, coming up. I'm looking forward to this project just like you are, Kyle. Do we have an exact date on this? I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I know it's not. If, if they're yeah, releasing like album maybe, art and track list, it isn't going to be so long before sure, they drop yeah. the whole record. Yeah. I like the, uh, I would hope they would keep the uh, album art from the little EP they made. It's a cool album cover. I did. Yeah. yeah I, did. I love the album art from Crying in a GMC. I hope they go with oh, that. Oh, yeah. That shit's uh, fire. <laughs> I love that too, even though I can almost tell you that's probably not going to be the album cover. But it's it is it's straight fire. Yeah, oh, it's the DMC logo. That's a great song too. <clears throat> yeah, that was a, that was a good one. But uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Stitcher. Uh, look in the comments or in the description. We have a link that says "Click here to leave a voicemail." Click that link; it'll take you to Speakpipe.com/slash/coldcans. Click the button, re- record, say your piece. Send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Got any questions or comments? <clears throat> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, check out the website. 
uh, country and cold cans.com cold cans network.com. Either URL works block content and a shop. Um, so for this episode of country and cold cans, I'm Logan sitting here with trucker Andy and Kyle. See you next time. Take care guys. <laughs>